When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaConfora, an Odyssey Sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you as always courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. I am Jason LaConfora at Jason LaConfora on Twitter. I am joined by my buddy Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL to talk some ball as we do quite regularly here and more to the point to continue dissecting this league division by division as we get you prepared for what you need to know who's hot who's not all this stuff could help you maybe make a wager to um, your fantasy football futures and just your overall viewing pleasure as everyone prepares to start consuming the NFL in a big big way Baldy, you have been out and about traveling around and mm-hmm. we're able to carve out some time today to break down the NFC West. But we, we, you know, it's the division where the Super Bowl champion lives. And so, uh, you know, anytime uh, you start your, you know, preseason analysis <clears throat> with the team that won the Super Bowl in that division, that's where everybody's chasing. That's where everybody's looking up. <clears throat> they defeated the 49ers in the NFC championship game to get to, Super Bowl 56 and in their home field, you know, defeat the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think it starts there. And I thought it was pretty interesting this week. Uh, Andrew Siciliano had asked uh, Aaron Donald at training camp that if the head coach, Sean McVay, decided not to come back mm-hmm. to, you know, enjoy his uh, his marriage and his future, that he wasn't coming back. That they came back literally like they said, like in their in the parade, they came back to run it back. Yep. And so I think it's interesting because Sean McVay, is, he's just an amazing coach. He just lost his fourth assistant coach to a head coach. Yeah. Like we've never seen a coaching tree built this quickly. And so they just keep plucking these good coaches from his staff, but yet he seems like he's just prepared for it. And the next guy steps up. Kevin O'Connell leaves. Uh, Aaron Cromer left last year. Kevin Carberry in his first year steps up as the offensive line coach. Um, you know, it, it and it's just a really, really, to use a terrible cliche, it's just a really well-oiled machine and it starts with him. And so I think when you, when you talk about the Rams, it has to start with McVay, yes. um, and how he, how he delegates. Cause it's really an amazing, it's really an amazing organization to watch how they run. Yeah, they are, they are, um. They're operating with with extreme synchronicity. Everybody kind of knows their role. They know how they fit in. They know what the objective is week in, week out. And um, they all kind of pull in the same direction to go about sort of solving that riddle, right, and figuring out how to win, how to win that practice, how to win that game, how to win that season. And it's not only that he spawned a family tree, Baldy, but, like, He's got to get past one of his old buddies in Green Bay every year, right, to yeah. represent the NFC. Yeah. And last year, when he did it, he had to beat Zach Taylor, another one of his former protégés. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's pretty ridiculous. 
It is. And, you know, you have to, you, you can't discount what Les Snead has done and the philosophy that they share because they're the only offensive line in the league. Uh, you know, and you're protecting a Matt Stafford who's not going very far on any given pass play. They've never invested a number one draft pick in their offensive line. They go to the University of Wisconsin, they find players. You know, Logan Bruss this year comes out of Wisconsin to go with David Edwards, to go with Rob Havenstein. Um, so, that, so they invest their high draft picks, their number one picks, in their star players, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, and that's in Matt Stafford. And they are, our, uh, you know, they're built on a star system. We said it all year last year, and their stars came to play in the postseason, and they rose up, They and it, it, it all worked out. And while you lose Von Miller, you bring in, you know, a guy like Bobby Wagner, who right. I think can still play at a high level, but he brings a ton of leadership that uh, everybody covets in this business, 11th year in the business. But, um, you know, you look at some of the young players that they that they have to hit on because they don't have – you know, high draft picks. Nick Scott was a seventh round pick out of Penn yes. State. Like when he stepped in at safety, like that defense got better. You know, when you look at Ernest Jones, a third round pick starting at inside linebacker. I mean, you just go through the lineup and you just see these mid round picks that they have hit on. And if you give up your number one picks to go get your star players like they have and mortgage for the future, then less need has got to find these players that, you know, A, can play and then a coaching staff that can develop them. And that's that's the secret sauce to the Rams. I mean, everybody should study what they're doing because I think there's a lot to glean from that. Well, they know who they are, certainly. And the thing that interests me is, okay, so the Major League Baseball deadline just passed, right? And so yeah. a lot of people are talking ball, Juan Soto yeah. trade, biggest trade in, in perhaps professional sports history, whatever. And so you, you think about baseball, you think about Moneyball, right? And Moneyball was basically mm-hmm. like figuring out where the margins best suit you and then maximizing your return, finding value where others don't. Well, like these guys are the opposite of Moneyball because what is their what is their greatest organizational advantage? Our owner's richer than your owner. Our owner could not only right secure the land yeah. on his own, go over the league's head to get the land. He didn't have to work, wait for the state to finance it. Here's five billion bucks. Let's go build it. Keep yeah. making it bigger. Keep making it better. Right. Most teams hide behind the salary cap. They're telling you the salary cap is a myth. It's yeah. soft. The salary cap this year is $208 million. The Rams are pushing a $300 million payroll, right? I talked to Sean. Sean just McVay keep kicking that can down the street there, J- Jason, and it, just it, keep kicking the can. You know what? But you, most of the guys who it's tight, like the cap's about to go crazy. They've done this, and the cap's been depressed still by the pandemic. A year from now, the cap will seriously start to jump again, and you can still pay your way out of a lot of these problems if you do it smartly. This isn't Dan Snyder. You know, 15 years ago, throwing crazy money at Bruce Smith right. and Deion Sanders at the end of their right. career. This is getting best of breed players who can help you win now in real time and for another run or two. But they're like literally sitting there saying, well, we're richer than everybody else. And we're in this monster market. So we're we're, we're going to buy all the stars and we'll mm-hmm. figure out tomorrow the next day because we got enough smart people here who can do that like that. They're the anti money ball and it completely suits them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had enough to go out and get Allen Robinson. There's not a single analyst fan that doesn't believe Allen Robinson might end up playing his best Ooh. football ever Yes, with the Rams. I mean, he was been in Chicago where nobody could throw him the football. He was mm. in Jacksonville with the quarterback, um, even though he put up numbers, you know, that wasn't, uh, you know, I mean, he's not even in the league right now, his quarterback. So, you know, I think he's going to really help Cooper Cup. 
I don't think he has to win the Triple Crown for the Rams to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, what Cooper Cup showed you is when everything else was either injured or unavailable, like you could just go to Cooper Cup every play and w- end up winning a Super Bowl in the final drive of the game. And on fourth down and one deep in your own territory with five minutes to go, we'll just give it to Cooper Cup on a fly sweep and just trust him, you know, to to go. And, you know, if that play backfires in the Super Bowl, maybe – the Bengals are still celebrating, you know, uh, through Mount Adams in Cincinnati. But uh, so, you know, you just you just look at this and there's Aaron Donald on one side. And but, you know, Ashawn Robinson played great in the postseason, yeah, yeah. you know, and Greg Gaines. And like they just keep kind of restocking and getting value for guys and the running backs. Like they're not spending first round picks on running backs. You know, they got a bunch of them there. They drafted another one this year in Kyron Williams. Um, you know, out of Notre Dame, but, you know, he'll figure it out with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson and like anybody else at Jake Funk, whoever else they might have. Like, they're just not going to go crazy on running backs. They're not going to go crazy on offensive line. They, they, like to your point, they really know who they are. And, you know, they went to a a mid-season funk last year, lost three in a row, looked ugly, and they came out of it, you know, and they got healthy and they got themselves right. And uh, whatever – they saw, uh, McVay saw in Matt Stafford, um, because a lot of people didn't see it in Detroit, but whatever they talked about down in Cabo San Lucas last Ooh. year, like they, they knew what he was and yep. he was sensational. He was, yep. he looked like, you know, the number one pick in the draft. I don't know, 2008, yep. whatever that was, Jason. Yep. Uh, it was, it, it was really something to see. That worm went down smooth. Well, look, everyone has issues. Um, so there, there, there's no utopias here. But Baldy, 10 and a half wins is the projection. This division to me is a little more cloudy, murky. Um, I'm not sure it's quite as stout as it's been um, in the past, which could benefit the Rams. They've got the institutional um, memory now of what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Do you like them to go over 10 and a half? And yeah, do I do you think because, they get pushed? Do you think they really get pushed in this division or they don't get pushed till the playoffs? Well, you know, I mean, Arizona handled them once during the season, you know, pretty good. And then they just wiped them up in the playoffs. Um, I think they showed what they were like and how much better they were than Arizona. Yeah. Uh, they made the quarterback in Arizona look really bad. We'll get to him. But, you know, when you lose Russell Wilson in Seattle, there's I don't, I don't care, Geno yeah. Smith, you know, whatever they do in Seattle, they're just not going to be as good. Yeah. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll get to Seattle, but you lose Jimmy Garoppolo and you you start to develop a very young quarterback, very green, uh, in Trey Lance in San Francisco. I think that's the team that's probably next best simply because they have a lot of pieces. They got a great coach. But I think we should probably go to San Francisco next. But I, I don't believe that San Francisco and Seattle are going to be as strong because of the quarterback changes they've made. And so I think the Rams, it, it's their division. And everybody will be competing for second place in that division. And I don't want to, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. I, I think we could get to San Francisco now. Yep. But, you know, I mean, look, it's I, I think it was imperative that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan last week, Jason, came out and said, this is the Trey Lance era. Like, we mm-hmm. have moved on. Jimmy can go seek a trade. He is not going to be playing football for us. They, they needed to just cut the cord, make it official. And because uh, just, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo coming in there and rehabbing and, you know, being around the team. Like they, they cut the cord, they moved on to Trey Lance. And that's just, that's, that's what you got to do with you spend, you know, all the draft picks they did to get them and 
trade up twice to get to number three to get him. You got to like, right, you got to right. play him and you got to start develop him. So I think it's hard to win games when you got a, a young, inexperienced quarterback, regardless of how talented he is. Um, you know, I think there's going to be some growing pains with, with Trey Lance right now. Well, my suspicion is he, he opens the season with some handcuffs on, right? Some guardrails. Like, I don't think they come out of the gate with the whole playbook open for him, you know, reading both sides of the field, you know, short, medium, you know, intermediate, deep. I I, I think they start, it's my hunch, they start sort of where the Eagles got around week nine with Hurts, right, where they kind of realize, like, wait a minute. Let's let's make him as comfortable as can be. Let's tailor things to him and let's scale some stuff back, especially in critical areas of the field, red zone, goal line, et cetera. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think Kyle will have, you know, solid game plans. He'll be a part of the run game. I don't think he needs to be a big part of it, but I think mm-hmm. he has to be a, enough that he's a threat and you have to respect, you know, where number five goes, um, you know, but. You know, this, this is an offensive line that has to be rebuilt. They lose two starters from a year ago. Lake, yep. Lake and Tomlinson only started 85 straight games for San right. Francisco and was the model of consistency at left guard. Now Aaron Banks steps in there. Um, we'll see what Jake Brendel can do, you know, at center right now, mm-hmm. getting an opportunity or whatever they end up trying to do, uh, whether there's a competition there or not. They got they It starts up front. Um, it will be interesting to see just how the organization, how Kyle handles the loss of Mike McDaniel. Um, Mike McDaniel, now the head coach uh, of the Miami Dolphins. I mean, he was really integral in the entire um, run game and a big part of the whole offense, whether it was the pre-snap motions, the movement, all the stuff that they did. He was a big part of it, and they got to overcome that. You know, I I know that Anthony Lynn is there, and that's great, and Anthony Lynn was a running back, and – he likes running backs and he can coach the position, but Mike McDaniel gave him, yeah, I think definitely. a real edge Yes, in game, in game planning and, yes. and really changing up week to week, the type of runs that were going to be effective. And I'm anxious to see how they kind of overcome that. Um, because I think that's a big loss for this organization and this, this team. Well, they got it done with Debo and that's a good thing. Cause Baldy, I, I think when we look at, uh, like overall timeshare leaders, like guys who spent the most time literally on the field and then guys who got the most targets plus touches. Uh, I think he's going to be up there. Well, he had, uh, so from week, uh, in the last 11 games, Jason, he carried the ball 86 times for about seven yards of carry. Yeah. Now that's, you know, that's the, you know, when his, when he echoed some concerns, about the dual, the the evolution of his role after all the running backs got hurt and he started carrying the ball a lot more. And he was really good at it and became really one of the most popular players in the league. I mean, everybody loved yes, Debo. Yes. Uh, it was impossible not to like him running it. But, it, you know, you talk to running backs. I was talking to LaDainian Tomlinson yesterday. Like, he said, you just take these hits that you just become sore, like, all week. And all of a sudden, you're not practicing on yeah. Wednesday. And you're not running the routes. And you're not getting the timing with the quarterback that you need. And, you know, you're just kind of getting yourself right for game day. And if you look at even the, the NFC Championship game, you know, I, I'm watching him run between the tackles. And there's Aaron Donald's jumping on his back. Like, that that kind of stuff, 
Like he wants to have a 10 year plus career at wide receiver. Now I know they paid him a lot of money and I'm sure he's still going to carry the ball some, but I, he can't carry it on the pace of eight carries a game. Like they can't do that. So the running back, you know, room uh, led by Elijah Mitchell, who was a really a good find for them. A typical Shanahan yes. find in the sixth round at a, at a, at a Louisiana, but, um, you know, they, they, they need to have some depth there and keep some guys healthy and let Debo become wide receiver number one with Ayuk and Jennings in that group on that side. I know Jimmy Garoppolo could have his moments, um, and he he was by no means flawless, but when he was healthy, they won a lot of football games with him. How significant do you think the drop-off could be from peak Garoppolo to what a bumps and bruises learning curve year one for a Trey Lance might look I like think it could be factoring in. This I mean, dude I, hasn't played much football since high school, Baldy. He hasn't played much football since high school. He started 20 games since high school, 20 total games. Okay. Since high school, he threw the ball 71 times last year, Jason. It's not a lot. And what you get by playing a lot of games is just game experience and just game, just gamemanship. Understanding like all the details that all the great ones have, Aaron Rodgers, Brady, like these guys just have gamesmanship about knowing the the moment in the game. Like it's never too big on the road. Like handling the noise, handling the atmosphere. Um, my number one receiver is on the bench with a banged up ankle. Where am I going with the ball? Like all these things. And so, I'm a I'm a Trey Lance fan. Like he, the talent is there, but yes. gosh the and Kyle Shanahan, you know, everybody says, well, you know, you're going to really emphasize the run. Well, that's not going to change. And they're going to play action pass. That's great. But what are you doing on third and 12? What yeah. are you doing on first down at the eight-yard line? I mean, there, there's times when the quarterback has got to make, you know, eight, seven to ten throws in a game for you to win a close game. And they've got to be – it's got to be the right read. It's got to be, you know, highlight-type throws, like that type of stuff. And you can't play the game afraid to make a mistake. Yeah, You just can't. Too many quarterbacks do that. They have had them um, in different places before, and you don't win championships by having that kind of fear. The defense is really, really good. Yes. Uh, I I count, Jason. Now, they drafted, you know, Drake Jackson and Kalia Davis, okay? And they, they might get on the field. They might have an impact. But if you just don't even count those guys, I count 12 players, 12 defensive linemen that have all played in this league. Mm. You know, I mean, what, you know, forget about Boza and Armstead and just staples. Right. Kinlaw's coming back healthy and D Ford and Kerry Hyder yep. and Hassan Ridgeway played in Philadelphia and Kamoko Ture and Charles Amenahu and Maurice uh, Hurst. Like Jordan Wills had key sacks. Kevin Givens has been a free agent find at a Penn State that's played the last two years. I mean, they're so deep, they're going to end up cutting or trading really good players um, yes. at the end of this camp if, if guys stay healthy. Like, they're so – and that's where it all starts for them. Like, Boza is – you know, there's 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 three guys in this league, T.J. Watt, Boza right now, and, you know, that, that animal in Cleveland. Um, th- th- those three are at the top of this whole list right now of just game changers at defensive end. And so, uh, and then if you add, you know, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and Aziz Aisha here, like they're so loaded that front 
Yes. Uh, and then you get Traverius Ward, you know, a corner. Like they got experience. Like they're going to be, they should be a top five defense. Yeah. You know, well, it's a top five defense that has been, um, that has tested. sort of con- congealed around the idea that it, we're, we're kind of Super Bowl or bust. Like we think. Well, that and, and so that, that brings you back to the quarterback, Baldy, where yeah. he, he can't F it up. This ain't a rebuild. This is no. a reload. They think they're yeah. going to the promised land. Well, you know, they, they went to Dallas and just wiped them up. I mean, they just dominated the trenches. They go to Green Bay and they just shut Aaron Rodgers down. You know, I mean, that, that defense traveled well, you know, in the postseason. And they were up in the fourth quarter on the Rams um, before, you know, they, they, they couldn't make plays down the stretch. Like, they were built for a Super Bowl run last year. And so that's right. You're right. Like, this – but, you know, you don't want to just put it all on the quarterback and say, well, it's up to him. He's going to make some mistakes, and some mistakes might cost him games. They have to – you just have to – you got to grow him up, you know, as quickly as you can, the best that you can. Uh, I think Kyle's really good at that. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. Like, it's a it's a new test for him because he really hasn't been in this situation before no. where he's breaking in basically a new starter right. with a really good team around it. You know, it's not, it's not Justin Fields in Chicago where it's just a rebuild. This right. is like your point, like this team can compete right now. And, you know, all eyes are on Trey and he just has to block the noise out. I think everybody in the, on the whole organization likes him, respects sure. him, um, you know, but he's got to go out and do it right now. And they, they can scheme certain guys open situations though. And his big arm will get big chunk plays like it did in the second start that he had last year. Um, one or two starts in the second half. He played really well in the second half of the second start against the Houston Texans. So, uh, you know, they, they open up on the road in Chicago. Um, you know, it might be a chance to, to get themselves mm-hmm. an early victory and right. uh, yeah. against a team that looks like they're really rebuilding and, and try to get some early confidence this season. They uh, have their over-under win total set at nine and a half. I think that might be a little bit of a stretch for them, but I think all they're interested in is getting in the dance and peaking at the right time. No one has had more bizarre quarterback drama this offseason, I would say, than the Arizona Cardinals from, you know, Kyler Murray's scrubbing the social media and then the agent putting the missive out on social media and then them extending Kingsbury, but still kind of sort of being a little bit at a loggerhead with Murray to then finally getting a done deal, a deal done. I should say Baldy that had the most bizarre court language in a contract I've ever seen. I don't know why the agent let it get in there. I don't know why the team fought so hard for it to get in there once it got out. Cause everything always gets out. As soon as the contracts filed with the NFL PA and the NFL management council, the details get out. Now they try to put the genie back in the bottle. I think they're all trying too much. I think they're all doing too much. I don't think their eyes on the ball compared to the average NFL team, let alone who they have to beat in that division in L.A., who we just talked about. This don't smell right to me, Baldy. I would be fading this team. It doesn't feel right. But at the same time, when Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray took over, you know, helped to take over this organization, it was the worst team in football, Jason. Like there's some perspective here. Yeah, they were three and thirteen. Josh Rosen was the quarterback. They were awful. They were they were last in every offensive category that there was. Um, they were dreadful. So to see them go from three wins to five wins to eight wins to the playoffs last year, they have gotten better every year. 
Now they faded as much oh. as any team could fade down the stretch last year and their performance in the postseason. It's one of those performances where you almost wish you didn't get to the postseason. Oh. It was so bad against the division rival in the Los Angeles Rams. But they have improved. You know, they're not going to have their best offensive player, DeAndre Hopkins, for the first six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Marquise Brown comes in there. Maybe they can rekindle whatever they had at Oklahoma, um, you know, for that year with Kyler. Um, you know, but he's he can be invisible he's in limited. some of these games. He's limited. He, 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 he's just – they just can't coach size at that position on the outside. Um, I, it's hard to believe that they could win 10 games. Um, I think that's, that'd be what they're – I'm sure that's what Cliff Kingsbury is saying. There's the bare minimum. I'm going to be there uh, at the end of this week. I'm anxious to see just what's going on. The, the clause – like I know Kyler Murray got up on the podium and just deflected all of it, but it was put in there for – Put yeah. in there for a reason, Jason. They didn't just write that in there yeah. so that, you know, Ian Rappaport could discover it and just broadcast it, you know, as soon as he saw it, you know, and for uh, everybody to talk about it the next day. Um, it's just, it's it's bizarre. Obviously, the owner wanted it in there. Yeah. Like, you know, like, let's. Thought it mattered. It thought it mattered. So, uh, they're, you know, then. That's a hell of a way to start your training camp, Baldy. It just is. I mean, literally, they picked the, they gave the quarterback the money, seemingly somewhat begrudgingly. They put in language that no one. I've I've talked to Joe Banner. You know what I mean. I've talked to a lot of people who've done a lot of contracts. No one's ever even thought of going to their owner or sitting with their owner and saying, "Let's put that in." Let alone actually forcing it in. You know what I mean? For the agent to allow it to go in. I just think it says a lot about where this thing really is, which to me is kind of more about optics and the, the, those big splash plays. And you know what I mean? Kind of selling yeah, but the odd, thing, selling the the high odd thing about the clause, Jason, is doesn't the agent represent Cliff Kingsbury? Yes. And the general manager? I don't know if he represents Steve Kime or not. He didn't used to. I don't know if he does now. But I, I, he I certainly he has represented Cliff. Kingsbury for a long time. You would think that, you know, the, the head coach – uh, would know that his quarterback is getting signed. And, oh, by the way, we're going to put this clause in there. We got to make sure that he's, you know, like I, I just remember, and Mike Vick will tell you this. I'm not like bad-mouthing Mike Vick. Yeah. But I did a lot of Falcon games back when Mike was, you know, the quarterback. And I'd be in there Friday for production meetings, and you're at lunch, and Mike Vick wants to go first in a production meeting so he can get the hell out of the building. He's ready to go home, yeah. And he'll tell you that it was, you know, looking back on his career, that he didn't put the time in that he should have put in. Yeah. And it was reflective in, you know, some of the ups and downs of his career and really the lack of development of him, you know, as a passer in this business. And you hope that Kyler isn't doing that. I just hope, but at the same time, um, they're asking an awful lot of him without, because as soon as DeAndre Hopkins went out last year, the whole offense fell apart. Yeah. And um, the team fell apart. And he's not going to be there for six weeks. So, like, I got to see what uh, a game, you know, uh, an offense that's built around, um, you know, the passing game. I mean, that's what they are, you know. So, uh, I got to see how it works. I got to see how, you know, they operate right now. Well, and the offensive, line, the offensive line is is okay. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just okay. Like, we'll see what Will Smith can do, you know, at right guard. Uh, you know, he was awfully stiff with the New York Giants, and I don't think pass protection is his forte. 
Uh, great kid. You want him on yeah. your team, but I, I don't know if it's his forte. Kelvin Beecham has, you know, been around the league now. Great guy. You know, he, he could probably be your team captain. He's, you know, he knows right from wrong. He's, he's, he's got great leadership ability. I, I this, this offense, even with Cliff calling the plays, um, I don't think they're very difficult to figure out. No, I don't either. And defensively, it, it really fell apart when Watt got hurt, but like, that's that's why he was event like that's a part of the reason he was available like yeah. that's that's baked into the cake bro if you get 12 regular season games out of him at this point you got to call that a win it's been four or five straight years in a row now they are built odd you know i mean a lot of teams would never invest a number one pick in an off the ball inside linebacker but they invested two yeah in isaiah simmons and zaven collins and i don't know that they really know yet how to really Worked those two guys in. They lost their best pass rusher in Chandler Jones. Um, so, the, you know, the, the front, if J.J. Watt, I mean, it's just the back end looks pretty good to me, you know, with Byron Murphy and Buddha and Jalen Thompson. They look pretty good to me uh, on the back end, but uh, they've got some question marks, you know, defensively right now about how they're built and what they expect from this group. Yeah, they they are certainly a wild card. And again, my my spidey senses are tingling. I I I don't I don't think um, I don't think the Cardinals are who they try to tell you they are. I don't know what to make of the Seahawks either uh, yeah. to wrap this division up, Baldy. Russell Wilson was quite a deodorant there, man. Um, he I think covered up a lot of holes, a lot of warts, made them more competitive than the roster probably had a right to be. That's not to say that there's not some talent there. But their drafts have not been nearly as robust the last five years as it was, say, the first three to five years of the John Schneider, Pete Carroll coupling. Um, they lose. They not only seen them lose at home with sort of quasi regularity, which no one could have really foreseen when they were at their peaks with the Legion of Boom and Russell. To me, they are a rebuilding team, whether they really want to outwardly signal that or not. I, I. You tr- you make a trade like they made for Russell Wilson. I got news for you, bro. You're not competing. You're rebuilding. Yeah. Well, they they could very well start two rookie tackles. That is not a great formula for success. Just that alone, with you know whether it's Geno Smith who looks like he's going to beat out Drew Lock. It's early. Well, we'll see. But I I have a feeling Geno Smith is going to end up being the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you could pay DK Metcalf all that money. I don't know that. They're going to be able to find DK Metcalf the way Russell Wilson did, uh, you know, down the field and some of those, you know, Houdini type throws that he made. Escape drills. Yeah. It's just an escape drill. So, you know, they want to run the ball, obviously, Uh, you know, maybe Kenneth Walker, uh, Rashad Penny has had a hard time staying healthy. Maybe Kenneth Walker out of Michigan state is going to be a good answer. Uh, Chris Carson just retired. He'd been the starter for the last three years. Um, you're, You're going to go up and try to be a run first team. With two rookie tackles, uh, that's that's tough. To, that's tough. Yeah. It's tough. And then I don't I don't know inside. You know whether it's Gabe Jackson or Austin Blythe and Damian Lewis. I, you know, maybe they're going to be okay inside. Uh, but I, I think that's tough defensively. They have been looking for pass rushers forever, forever since you know since those guys you know all retired after their Super Bowl runs and moved on. And so. I don't know. They, I, it doesn't look like LJ Collier is going to pan out as a number one pick. Um, they've got a lot of guys. I like, I like Daryl Taylor out of Tennessee. 
Uh, we'll see, you know, picking up Shelby Harris out of, you know, in the, in the Russell Wilson trade. And I don't know. Like, it doesn't look great there. You lose Bobby Wagner. You lose a ton of leadership. Yeah. The Jamal Adams thing, like, nobody thought that was a good trade uh-uh. uh, when it happened. And I don't know that, you know, he's he looks like a you know, weak side linebacker to me in this defense. So, I don't know. It's uh, – I think it's going to be some rough days, you know, there for Seattle. And they try to put this thing together without Russell Wilson. And you call it a great deodorant. And it's probably that's kind of being kind. Yeah. What he was able to do and keep that team on track. Yeah. And we'll see, you know, if that's where Jimmy Garoppolo lands as well. I, I just the, the the quarterback tandem, I think, is. um Boy, you're, you're, you're really hoping and praying. I'm going to see him next uh, – what's we'll today? The, today's the third. I'm going to see him, I think, on Monday. I'll be up in Seattle. You know, I have a, a better look at some of these young guys. Mm-hmm. and You know, whether it's Lucas or Charles Cross, you know, the number one pick at off Stackle. Everybody thought he was, uh, you know, worthy of number one pick. We'll see what Boye Mafe looks like. You know, their first of two second-round picks yep. out of Minnesota. Everybody kind of liked him and pretty edge-heavy, you know, mm-hmm. But it's it's hard to ask rookie edge uh, defenders to come in and and be factors their first year. Like, you know, you're, you're in Baltimore. You saw what Adafe looked like. Um, I think he's Adafe Owe in Baltimore. Like, I, I think he's going to be a really good player, but mm-hmm. he played half the snaps last year. And right. It was a learning experience. And yeah. he's a talented kid. And I think Mafe is going to be very similar. Like, I think he'll, you know, he'll show up. But to think that they're going to come in there and just give you juice off the edge every game and, uh, you know, impact these games, it's, it's a lot to ask of these young guys. It is. And and to your point about not a whole lot of meat on the bone on the edge or at tackle when it comes to experience, it's hard to develop them that way. You know what I mean? Like when you're going ones versus ones and it's two dudes who've never played in the league before, like, I don't know that you both, you would know a hell of a lot better than me, but I don't know that's how you build up the calluses. Like to your point about Owe, you watched Owe last summer, and you're like, damn, how did this yeah. guy have no sacks in the Big Ten? He's kicking everybody's ass. Well, guess what? The guy's playing tackle, can't play in the league. You know what I mean? Like, right. he's against Andre yeah. Smith, who's about yeah. to get cut. Like, you know what I mean? It's Villanueva, who, you know, yeah. isn't a left tackle. Like, there's a little bit of that there, too. Like, I, I don't – from the player development standpoint, when when you don't have anybody who, after practice, can put his arm around him and show him the way and say you, you should have spun sooner. You know what I mean? Your, your pads were too high here. Like, they don't, it's coming straight from the well, coaches, but I mean, they're going to have the locker room. I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, Jason, but you know, when they see San Francisco in their pass rush mm. and you have either Geno Smith or Drew Locke back there and Russell Wilson can't escape, you know, Nick Boza and, you know, some combination of twist stunts or, you know, just what he can do, how he can just ruin your day. Like, you know, to see what Aaron Donald has done in his, I've told this to Aaron Donald before. I mean, I said, if you played Seattle every week, they'd put you in the Hall of Fame now. They wouldn't even yeah. wait. Yeah. Like what he did to Russell Wilson in, I don't know, something like 17 games that he played against him. Um, you know, when you see some of these monsters in that division uh, and you're you're going up there against with rookie tackles, uh, they're going to get tested against groups like that, man. Like it's it's going to be tough yeah. to, to run your offense. Yeah, trial by fire. I, I do not have lofty expectations for the Seahawks what whatsoever. Vegas has them uh, I believe five and a half wins. That, that, getting a six might be a tough ask for them. 
Um, but we appreciate you guys listening as always to Baldy's breakdown. This has been our NFC West uh, divisional breakdown. We will continue to do this in the weeks to come, getting you ready for the regular season. Uh, we still have a few more divisions to go. Thanks to our friends at Odyssey for allowing us to do this. Please interact with us on Twitter at Jason Lockman for at Baldy NFL, um, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, uh, et cetera. Please rate review. Give us feedback. Um, we are always trying to get better and serve you guys as best we can. And Baldy, enjoy your football journey here as you head a little bit further out west. Be safe. Have fun. I know yeah. you always do both. And I look forward to kicking it with you again um, very, very soon. Let's do it, Jason. We uh, we only have about a little over uh, a month left a month? here. Yeah. Yeah. We got some preseason games where I don't think we're going to see a lot of these stars playing mm-hmm. very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in a couple situations, but basically. Rams, Rams were ahead of the curve on that one, too. Uh, yeah <laughs> get ready for the season however you do it scrimmages um you know just get guys as, as many healthy stars as you can to uh you know the weekend of september you know 8th 9th 10th and uh get ready for the season well be safe be well yep. thank you guys you for Jason. listening thank you, and buddy. we'll talk to you soon